Hare Krishna, and we are beginning new book today. Next book, which is called Elevation to Krishna Consciousness by His Divine Grace Srila A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada. Chapter 1 Choosing Human and Animal Lives. Om Ajnati Mirandasya Gyananjana Shalakaya Chakshurun Militam Yena Tasmaya Shri Gurave Namaha. I offer my respectful obeisances unto my spiritual master, who has opened my eyes, blinded by the darkness of ignorance, with the torchlight of knowledge. It is customary with this verse to offer obeisances to the spiritual master, who enlightens his disciples in the matter of transcendental knowledge. The Vedic process does not involve research work. In mundane scholarship, we have to show our academic learning by some research, but the Vedic process is different. In the Vedic process, the research work is already done, it is complete, and it is simply handed down by disciplic succession from teacher to student. There is no question of research work because the instruments and the means with which one conducts such research work are blunt and imperfect. At this stage of our material existence, we are conditioned by many laws of nature. All conditioned souls are subject to four defects due to the imperfection of their senses. One defect is that the conditioned soul is certain to commit mistakes. There is no man who does not commit mistakes. In India, for, for instance, Mahatma Gandhi was supposed to be a very great personality, but he also committed mistakes. Five, uh, five minutes before he came to the meeting at which he was killed, he was warned by confidential associates not to go, but he persisted. To commit mistakes is very natural in the conditioned state of life. Indeed, the popular saying has arisen to err is human. Another imperfection of the conditioned soul is that he is sure to be illusioned. Being illusioned means accepting something which is not, taking some phantasmagoria to be factual. Every one of us is under the impression that we are these bodies, but actually we are not. Accepting the body to be the self is called illusion or maya. The third imperfection is that conditioned souls have a tendency to cheat. We have often heard a storekeeper say, because you are my friend, I won't make any profit off of you. But in actuality we know that he is making at least 50% profit. There are so many instances of this cheating propensity. There are also many examples of teachers who actually know nothing but put forth theories and words like perhaps or it may be, while in actuality they are simply cheating their students. The fourth imperfection is that the senses of the living entity are not perfect. Our vision is so limited that we cannot see very far away nor very near. The eye can see only under certain conditions, and therefore, it is understood that our vision is limited. 
Similarly, all our other senses are also limited. Similarly, it is not possible to understand the unlimited by these imperfect limited senses. The conclusion is that the Vedic process does not encourage us to endeavor to learn the absolute truth by employing our present senses, which are conditioned in so many ways. If we are to have knowledge, it must come from a superior source which is not conditioned by these four imperfections. That source is Krishna. He is the supreme authority of Bhagavad Gita and he is accepted as the perfect authority by so many saints and sages. Those who are serious students of Vedic literature accept authority. Bhagavad Gita, for example, is not a scholarly presentation which arose out of so much research work. It is perfect knowledge that was taught by Lord Krishna to Arjuna on the battlefield of Kurukshetra. And we receive information from it that in previous ages Sri Krishna also taught it to the sun god Vivaswan. And it was handed down from time immemorial from Vivaswan by disciplic succession. Imam Vivasvate Yogam Proktavan Aham Avyayam Vivasvan Manave Praha Manur Ikshvakave Bravit. The Blessed Lord said, I instructed this imperishable science of yoga to the sun god Vivasvan, and Vivasvan instructed it to Manu, the father of mankind, and Manu in turn instructed it to Ikshvaku. Bhagavad Gita 4.1 if we study Bhagavad Gita according to academic knowledge or according to our own mental speculation, we are certain to commit mistakes. It is not possible to understand Bhagavad Gita in this way. It is necessary to follow carefully in the footsteps of Arjuna. In previous ages, due to interpretation and mental speculation, the real purport of Bhagavad Gita was lost. Therefore, Krishna re-established the teaching by giving them to Arjuna. Evam parampara praptam imam rajarsha yoviduh sakale neham mahata yogonashtah parantapa sa evayam maya tedya yoga proktah puratana bhakto sime sakacheti rahasyam yetaduttamam this supreme science was thus received by the chain of disciplic succession. And the saintly kings understood it in that way. But in due course of time, the succession was broken, and therefore the science, as it is, appears to be lost. That very ancient science of the relationship with the supreme is today told by me to you, because you are my devotee, as well as my friend. Therefore, you can understand this transcendental mystery of the science. Bhagavad Gita 4, 2 and 3 Thus, whoever follows in the footsteps of Arjuna, approaching Krishna in a spirit of devotion, can understand the purpose of Bhagavad Gita as well as all other Vedic scriptures.
there are four Vedas. Vedas. Sama, Rig, Yajur, and Atharva. And there are 108 Upanishads, including Ishapanishad, Kathaupanishad, and Taitiriya Upanishad, as well as the Vedanta Sutra, Srimad Bhagavatam, and Bhagavad Gita. These literatures are not meant for any particular class of men, but for the totality of human society. All societies can take advantage of Vedic knowledge to perfect human life. As pointed out before, human life is not meant for sense gratification, but for understanding God, the universe, and our own identity. From Vedic literatures we can understand that this material world is only a partial manifestation of the complete creation of God. The larger portion of God's creation is found in the spiritual world of the Vaikuntas. Above and beyond this material nature, there is superior spiritual nature, as Sri Krishna states in Bhagavad Gita. Earth, water, fire, air, ether, mind, intelligence, and false ego. Altogether, these eight comprise my separated material energies. Besides this inferior nature, O mighty Arjuna, there is a superior energy of mind, which is all living entities who are struggling with material nature and sustaining the universe. There are many material universes clustered together, and all these universes constitute the material creation. Beyond these clusters of countless material universes in the spiritual sky, which is also mentioned in Bhagavad Gita. So beyond these clustered countless material universes, there is spiritual sky. That abode of mine is not illuminated by the sun or moon nor by electricity, and anyone who reaches it never comes back to this material world. Bhagavad Gita 15.6 That superior nature which is beyond this material nature is eternal. There is no history of its ever having begun. It has neither beginning nor end. Jai. Today we're going to stop here and tomorrow we will continue on this topic of eternity and spiritual as eternal. Having no beginning and no end. So thank you so much for tuning in today. We're starting this book. This is very exciting. We will see you next time and yes, this book is available in the description. You can read, download and copy and paste and purchase, order it, soft copy, hard copy. And uh, yes, we will see you next time. Hare Krishna, this was Shravanam Diaries.